Uh, it's good to be back. Good to be back. So, so good, good to be back. Good to be back at the Zoomcast. Yes. It is that podcast bringing you news and discussion on all things film and pop culture with all the right amount of ignorance. Just the right amount. You know, it's like a pinch of stupid, you know, a pinch, just a pinch. Don't want to be too dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's just ignorant. We can ignorant. across the street. Like we just, you know, don't ask anything of the past. No. There's no small talk. We're not, we're not doing too much. Mm-hmm. No, no. We, you know, if it's too much, it's too salty. It causes heart attack. No, exactly that. Or I guess in our case, it would just be like mental collapse. Yes. <laughs> You'll be stuck in a wheelchair. <laughs> you lose brain cells. No, just the right amount. I wanted to kind of start off this podcast this week and and kind of like you know showing how dumb I am, really. Yeah, uh, you got stories, yeah. Yeah, I. So recently, I went on a date, two dates actually. Ooh, I, I went on some dates. dates. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know if that's something to uh be braggadocious about, but what I, I, I had a good time for what it was for, but um what, the thing I wanna be a uh a forward about and address that makes the story funnier, and you might be asking yourself probably how does it make it funnier coming out and saying this, but I recently I'm not gonna be um shy from what I am and what I stand for now. I'm 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 a Christian. I'm I believe in God. Um I've been uh putting myself more forward about these things lately and, and it has changed my dating scene, honestly. And how can it not change your dating scene? Honestly, because you know, you're we're in a world where now everybody agrees with you on certain things, especially those types of things that are kind of countercultural, right? So Yeah, of course. Basically, uh the second date is going you know, fine. It's a movie date, but you can't help but have this feeling that things are just a little off, right? You know, mm-hmm. like something's just kind of weird about this. And I was going in there, you know, trying to be positive attitude. You know, good old positive Vernon. Um, so TV. She's a pretty woman. Nothing weird there. It's just you know, I'm a little weird myself. So we we're enjoying the movie. We went to go see that Mean Girls movie. That Mean Girls musical. How was that? You know, that Mean Girls musical was pretty darn good. You know, it's a lot of blonde women okay. in the audience. All right. All right. <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> a lot of hell yeah. You're going to say probably have a Barbie, right? <laughs> Dude, like, but the chick that plays Regina George, uh, that, that the new chick, I guess, she's, she's, yeah, she's got that thing. She's kind of good. It's a that thing. It's a thing. She's kind of solid. I ain't going to hold you up. But I'm not really into blonde women. No offense. Um, yeah, but check it out. Yeah, but, you know, a lot of people didn't know it was a musical, which is kind of funny. Um, so, you know, went to go see that with my date. And, uh, you know, things are going relatively smooth. And, 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 you know, in a date, especially a movie date, you know, you do that goofy stuff where, you know, the yeah, girl tries like, to, like, <sighs> you know. You know, you reach or over. Or the girl yeah. tries to, like, you know, reach down to, like, you know, you're going to put your hand behind her back and right. stuff. And I was just like, I'm just Holding the popcorn dude. and all that. You know, I'm not a touchy guy, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I've never been a touchy-feely guy, you know. Uh, never. Really okay. have never, ever been, honestly. Right. I mean, how many times can you say that I've given people hugs straight up? Yeah, no, and I usually have to like fucking drag them out of you. So. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. I have to. That's before stuff. I've ne- that's always been a me thing. I've yeah, never you changed. Touch me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's been a, that's always been a me thing. So uh, I, I, I'm not a person that escalates physical touch. I'm not a person that does that. That's just mm-hmm. not a me thing. That's naturally been a me thing. I don't think she knew that because it's a second date. How would you know? Right. Um, but this girl proceeds to put her head on my shoulder, and I'm okay. so sorry. I feel really bad about saying this, and this kind of gets into our topic today. Um, but I couldn't help but feel like an ick. Mm. You ever heard of this phenomenon called the ick? I'm not too familiar with it. The ick is what women describe as a feeling that you can't really put your finger on. It's just something that someone does and you are permanently unattracted to this person, period. There's nothing you can do to fix it. It's like a dumb mm-hmm. alarm bell. It's like, it, it's like almost as if, the best example I have is that, you know, you're, you see someone just take a massive barf on a plate of, mm. uh, and something like that. 
Right. And then they go to take the same plate and they go and they wash it off and they, they give it back to you. It's clean, sanitary, but you just saw someone barf on it. I don't think you want to eat on it anymore. No, I feel you. It's like when you're doing freaky shit with your girl and then she wants to like pull up the heat man, action figures in her ass. And it's like, <laughs> you take them out and you wash it. You still might play oh. with it sometimes, but he's doing more than Garden Gate. He's doing more than Garden Grey School now. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think I want to play with those again either. Um, that's kind of... You know, like your action sugars, like your action shitters? <laughs> I don't think I want to play with them either. I don't... <laughs> See, that's what they don't talk about. It's always, oh, get a Hot Wheels car and race it off my ass. It's never put it in my ass. So that's no, that's... Good. That's level seven. Y'all know about that one yet. <laughs> I don't want doo-doo dolls, bro. I'm good. Like... Hey, look, man. Mario has Rainbow Road. When you, you kick it with your lady, you, you get the brown strip. Uh, why would you want to? But that's my point. Why would you want to go back after that? You just can't mm-hmm. explain it. But in this case, you know, women put words to things that men don't understand. And I, for, and for some reason, after the date, I just couldn't really understand it. I was looking on forums, like trying, you know, you just look at forums and see, like, am I the only one that feels this way? Is this mm-hmm. me? Like, and then, like you know, the, you have all these like, blogs like Cosmopolitan, you know, Cosmopolitan or Politan, I think it is Cosmopolitan, Neapolitan, yeah, something like that. What, what ice cream, something right. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so they, they have these things. They call, oh, it's the ick. You know, you just a guy just does something weird, and you're just like turned off. Not many guys talking about this, honestly. See, the only thing with that that confuses me is you got the ick feeling after she laid her head on your shoulder. I mean, because she'd been tired, yes. But at the same time, if she was that repulsed by you, if you're, if you're really that, you know, pre-owned bark plate like you say you were, I don't think she would have done all that. Uh, yeah, like, you know, because it, it was a me thing, you know, I'm just mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, I just couldn't. But there's no logical explanation behind the feeling mm-hmm. and the movie. I let her do it. You know, I'm like, you know, this is fine. This is good. This is OK. Yeah. I guess it's fine. Um. And we proceed to go out of the movie theater and we proceed to go into her car. She invites me in. Everything's going great. I'm talking, talking, talking. And bro, and you know, you know, I'm looking at you right now talking. Mm-hmm. I know these guys can't see it, but you know, yep. eye contact and everything yeah. is going great. And you know, you're talking about things. I'm like, you know, hey, I just, I feel like I'm a little kid while I'm talking. I, I, I don't know how to explain this. It's like the best <laughs> way of visually speaking. It feels like you are this innocent person. I guess in a way, my legs are just dangling. I'm talking about my day. I'm like, I'm just so excited. I'm just being in my chair. I give kids the wrong interpretation to say because I would get kind of weird. I'm not trying to be weird about it, but it's like you're just sitting around. You're just innocent. Your legs are dangling. You're like, oh, I'm just talking about my job and our mm-hmm. thing. Like, yeah, you know, doing it for God and blah blah blah. Um, and she's like putting on her lipstick, like mm, getting ready, bro. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I felt so uncomfortable and so weird. Like I felt so. But it's not her fault. She's. I'm not. I really. I mean this in the most respectful way. It's. Okay. It. It just felt like a gut feeling of. Oh, this is just not gonna work for me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I just can't help but have a feeling like I just do not. No touchy. I can't do touch. I can't do this right now. I just cannot. I don't know what it is. I never had an experience like that where I felt like a weirdness of touching. I was just that was weird. Maybe you're just not used to. The people you date being so forward. Uh, yeah. I, you know, it felt so weird to have a woman be so like, you know, in to mm-hmm. a dude named Vernon. That's so weird. You know, I don't oh, have like a man, sexy a name, you know, I guess like, like an Ike <laughs> or like a, you know, a Darren. But like, uh, OK, yeah. well, for all of our listeners at home. Simply because you can't see Vernon is a very attractive oh, over thanks. six foot man. Thank you. A solid... Not six figures, though. Not quite yet. Hey, 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 hey. We, we got the feet. The figures will come. <laughs> and, and, and how much you weighing, Vern? How much you weighing? I'm 400. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 450 pounds of pure love. No, pure love and admiration. Damn handsome man over here. But uh, with that being said, that kind of brings me kind of full-fold about dating we're right. so close to Valentine's Day 
And, you know, I've been really comfortable being single. You know, I got out of a long-term relationship. You did. You know, I'm not going to go too much into that. But, you know, I get that. uh, You were talking earlier about maybe I was a little uncomfortable about, you know, being around a girl uh, (laughs) that was actually serious about talking and being forward about that. But, you know, in my world, you skip like 19 different steps. Like I was like, Mm -hmm. wow, we didn't even get the eye contact for too long. We just went straight into it. It's like your dude just puts his schlong on the table and says, let's go. I felt like, yo, what are we doing with this? Like (laughs) in that moment, I felt like chicks and when they're trying to like, what about me? I don't, I thought you liked me. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, come on. (laughs) I felt like that in that moment. You know, trying to take your cheeks. Then I'm like, yeah, so needless to say, <laughs> that just didn't work out for me. I had to like, I had to like do a little soul searching, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, but you know, that was a weird experience for me. Honestly, I never had that, but I, I awkwardly left the car. I didn't even, I, I didn't leave in that moment. I just kind of kept talking, you know. Mm-hmm. I kind of knew what was happening, but I just kept like backing up, you know. Yeah. I don't know, like I just kept. Well, do you want? Are you, are you and this girl going out a third time? Oh no, no, I called it off, man. I I couldn't do it. I, I really couldn't do it, man. Mm-hmm. I I I. I it was one of those things where I had to uh, I had to come to terms with that gut feeling, the ick I had. It's kind of, you can't really do it, you know? And I think this relates today, once again, that you will choose. For instance, you can have an instance where you have a person who is so attractive to you. You can be attracted to someone, but you could be attracted to somebody, no, right? Yeah. There's a difference between the two. There's girls that are attractive and they're not ugly. But there's some girls who you're just like down for. Like, oh my gosh, she's right. like a 10 out of 10, like a 20 out of 10. Oh, I'm so in love. Oh man, this is going to be so great. And you get in there and she can say, oh, I sacrificed chickens to Satan. And you just be like, you know what? We'll work on it. <laughs> you know, we'll work on it. <laughs> like, my God is a forgiven one. Like, yes, it's all good. We, we can work that out. And you got some girls who are like, you're feeling them a little bit. And they say, you know, man, I, I don't like Star Wars. You're like, I'm good. Oh yeah, at that point, you're out. <laughs> so I feel like it was one of those instances for me where it's like, you know, maybe it's just, you know, I, I got some work to do and I I hear it. But, you know, I, I maybe I just wasn't so into it as I thought it was, you know, but, but that kind of relates me to the, our topic today a bit. We are discussing a film that to me help me or really I've seen it more recently now it kind of helped kind of visualize the the mistakes I've made in the past mm-hmm. and some of the uh, mistakes that a lot of average men do you know not all of us are are washboard abbed freaking uh, millionaires who pull 19 million women um, and you can barely count them with your hands some of us are just getting by day to day. You get a girl, you have a good time, and they break your heart. And that's what goes, happens. And that's just the, the round that you have to go through. But the film that we are discussing today is uh, 500 Days of Summer. 500 Days of Summer. Uh, I, I feel like this film is, it's so cringe inducing to mm-hmm. me. It's too real. No, I, I see what you're saying. It's one of those movies for anyone who hasn't seen it. It stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe Deschanel this is back in 2009. And practically the movie follows Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, Tom. Tom has always believed in love and the one. And summer, the topic of this movie, couldn't be any different. So I feel what you're saying, because the more you watch this movie, the more it goes on. It's like I said to you when you first came in. It's a spot that I feel like everyone, if not most people, have been in. We've all been in spots where, you know, we had the rosy colored glasses on. We saw, you know, we saw the potential for love in a partner. And pretty much like like as the movie follows to your own detriment to the point where you kind of stop seeing other things. So I feel like that was really, it's really the crux of the movie, but I feel like that's really the thing that 
is a good jumping off point and that everyone can relate to. You know, we've all been in love before and like you were saying, a lot of us haven't done it right. So no. I think this movie is a really good example of pretty much I would like to call it the human experience. You know? I, I gotta ask. So yeah. and I think this movie kind of discussed this too. Um and, and I, I really do highly suggest that everyone watches this film. Uh, definitely watch the film. But it, we're breaking down bits and pieces of this. But I, I do think that this uh, this man poses an interesting question. The movie starts off with this big montage of his, yeah, his kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, it starts off with them talking about this narrator. It's kind of like a tongue-in-cheek narrator. I like the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it kind of goes over like what they were feeling as kids. Because I feel like a lot of the mentality that you have about love stems from your childhood thoughts of those types of things those attachments you know attachment theory when it comes to having certain attachments to uh your love life especially with your parents as well because that's what we see with summer's character we don't really know so much about tom's parents but he's always had the idea of love in his head but summer her parents divorced at a very young age and the narrator even makes the point to say that she could she only loved her long dark hair and the feeling of nothing when she cut it so if like even in the very beginning of the movie, it shows just how juxtaposed these two characters are. You know, they couldn't be any more different. Mm-hmm. And you know, it starts with that whole fakeness of you know maybe they get to work out. The movie frames it as they getting they're getting married in the in the beginning here, but they're just you're you're saying she, they're very different types of people. And uh, Tom is such an idealist. And yes. I'm going to relate this back a quick and take a quick pause here. I am the same on the first date I went with this woman. Because <laughs> also this movie goes back and forth in time. So spare with, bear with me. It's all connected. She asked me, do you believe in happy endings? Like the massage parlor or in life? <laughs> <laughs> she asked me like in life. Do you believe in happy endings? And for some reason, I had a hard time answering that and searching myself and being like, I don't know if I really necessarily define what you mean by a happy ending necessarily. Like define exactly what expectations that you have about this. And I feel like Tom, this character, has this sort of idealistic viewpoint of what love truly is and how he goes about his relations and he's always like oh i believe in fate and it brought Mm -hmm. us together and these types of things but it leads to like really bad expectations i feel like the main villain of this movie is the expectation yes it's it's a expectation along with i want to say tom's ego in in and of itself because as the movie progresses you know um tom and somebody both work in an office eventually there's an office party and his friend gets really drunk and lets tom well it lets summer know that tom is into her from which she makes it very clear that she's not pursuing a relationship. She doesn't want to be with anyone and she just wants to have fun and enjoy her younger years. But because Tom is so into her and he's been into her for a while now, because by the time they go on this date, I want to say about a, about a couple of weeks have passed. He, he was just spitting by her ever since. He's so into this girl that he can't even hear her say that she doesn't want to pursue a relationship. And so. that's what I mean. That's mm-hmm. what I was trying to talk about earlier is that you can find a person and love so much about their outer appearance. And you were talking about, I think in this movie too, there's a scene where he talks about how oh, I love her, her skin. I love the way she looks. And he mm-hmm. just, yeah, people have been so smitten with someone to the point where you just miss the most important details about what they stood for. She told this man, uh, Summer told him exactly what she was about. You just said it. She wants to enjoy her youth and enjoy this time. But, I mean, he might as well... You can see it in the camera in the film there when it cuts to his face in the scene. It might as well look like she's saying, wah, 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 Like... <laughs> All he saw was pretty girl is talking. Like, pretty girl talking to me. I'm going to have a chance. Yeah, exactly that, talking to me. <laughs> I'm good. Um, But, <laughs> yeah, that is what I'm talking about. It's so frustrating. And I feel like a lot of people have fallen victim to this. I've fallen victim to this. I will admit it. I've I've been smitten with a girl so much that I've oversaw the truth about what she stood for. Well, who hasn't? Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like this is what makes this movie so relatable to me and so 
uh, cringe-inducing because you know I think people are supposed to cringe when you make a mistake before, like you go, "Oh, I should have saw that," or "Oh," mm-hmm. but it shows growth, right? Absolutely. But this movie, I mean, this movie is going to be stagnant. It's going to be the same hour and a half. But you know, it is cringe to see that because I see myself in that type of situation. And you're just so into this girl, but she warned you. It's like it was so avoidable. And I mean, I think another thing, Clem uh, Rex is in this movie as well. Yes. This is like one of her first, I think, major roles, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is around the time of Kick-Ass, maybe? Yeah. She looks like she's around the same yeah, age. Yeah, because she's like the same age as us. We're I'm 26 right now. I'll be 27 this year, so I think she's like around the same age as us. I think she's even born like on the same month as me. Actually, I remember. Oh well, yep, uh, yep, she's twenty six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Very I know good. that she was around the same, and, and she has like wise words for a kid her age. Oh my gosh! I feel like it's kind of hard not to when you have such a fucking wet towel of an older brother. Like honestly, I, I, it's, it's crazy. Frustrates me. Go yeah, because even I know we're jumping around, but even getting back to the movie, like the first time you see her character. She comes over to his apartment and his friends are there and he's just standing there, blank face, just breaking plates, like just staring into the ether, just fucking breaking plates in the cabinet. So, no, it's it's crazy because I feel like her character also shows that because, you know, you look at her and she's a kid. and You would think, OK, how can this kid give good relationship advice? I feel like the movie also shows, too, that really when you're so enveloped in someone and you're so caught up in the feeling of love. You need those other people around you to really tell you how fucking crazy you sound. Because that's a really big theme of this movie. Whether he's into her or he's going through his boss where he, he hates her, her and his friends are there trying their hardest to bring him back to reality. You know, it's not just Zoe Deschanel's character who's telling him what it is. His friends are, too. And he's so enveloped in his own feelings. He's, he's pretty much blocking out the entire world, you know? He's just fixated on his own idea of happiness and what that means to the point where, honestly... He doesn't even really care too much about how Zoe Deschanel's character feels. It's about how he can be happy and how things can benefit him. And I find that's also the trap of happiness and trying to find, trying to find it in others, you know? Because since he doesn't have it within himself, he puts so much of himself onto Zoe Deschanel's character to where at certain points in the movie, you kind of can't blame her for wanting to, to distance herself. No, not at all. And I don't think she's necessarily a villain. I, I think I want to hold that thought for a second there because mm-hmm. I feel like there's some interesting thoughts there about her actions in the movie. That I think we talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, Klimritz says something interesting. Her character says, you know, just because you guys share like the same stupid, you know, freaking mm-hmm. interests, doesn't mean anything. She likes the Smiths. I like the Smiths too. Who cares? You know? Yeah. I like all this dumb surface level crap, but what about the deeper values? What about these deeper things? And I feel like, especially back in the day, I just, I, I would love to find a girl who likes video games mm-hmm. and anime and it will work out because we yeah. like video games and anime. But what about like other deeper things that you're going to value? You know, you can have stupid surface level stuff. But there's got to be something more here. And, and every time, and I think you're right, Tom just misses the mark. He misses what was needed for uh, Summer, what she was looking for, and what she wanted these things to be. And he wanted something more to push out of a person that wasn't ready to do that for him. Mm-hmm. And you were right about the, talking about how he is just putting his happiness on someone to make it work. And putting his worldview and forcing it in and, and, and sticking to something that is childish in some ways. Very childish, yes. Here's another good question, Ron. Yeah. Have you ever been on an Ikea date before? <laughs> an Ikea date? Yeah. See, no, I haven't. But that like little montage in the movie really made me think like, wow, that's a really cool thing to do. But no, I've never <laughs> been on an Ikea date. Okay. I've done it. Um, and it's kind of ironic. And I'm sorry. I may have some... <laughs> hot takes about certain things because, you know, I'm me. I'm, I guess I'm like a bitter old man. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I think the Ikea date is adorable. And this is, it's in this movie. They go on this Ikea date, but I couldn't help but reveal something interesting. It, it Ikea looks cool. It's set up, but it's fake. Mm. Don't you the the entire relationship that Zoe Deschanel, Summer, and Joseph Gordon Lovett's character go through, mm. and as Tom, they are trying to build something that doesn't work or exist. IKEA is like the best visual representation of having a date like this 
and playing house. You're literally just playing house. You don't no, have a house. They're trying to build a castle on a foundation of sand. Exactly. And one thing that I really liked as they were walking out of Ikea, the sign said Ikea Stockholm. And it kind of put me in the mindset of, you know, Stockholm Syndrome, where is he just putting all of his eggs into this just because this is something that makes him feel good? And it's just a uh, placebo? Because I don't know. When I saw that, I kind of thought about that for both characters. Because it's a Stockholm Syndrome. Is she kind of just forcing feelings that she doesn't really have because, you know, he's happy? Or, like we were saying, is he to continue living his own diluted reality just because he's happy? So I feel like even, like, with that Stockholm uh, line as they were exiting the store, I think that even drives home how fake everything is. Yes. Because it's, it's, uh, it's more a matter of closeness just due to proximity, not actual feelings, you know? Like, you exactly. spend so much time together. That's, that's another thing in this movie. Once the relationship does start, she again reiterates, hey, I'm only here for fun, you know, just to enjoy this. But they spend so much time together that Tom can't even begin to tell the difference. And even she herself gets confused. And I think now's probably a good time to go into it, because as much he is forgiving Tom, Zoe Deschanel's character also fucks up during this movie. No, for sure. There's a lot of instances, and, and, and I'm the type of person, I'm the same way in some ways. I, I was talking to a good buddy of mine earlier today, and I mentioned this to him, and I'm, I'm being more comfortable in my skin to say, like, I'm just an all-in type of person. Like, I'm either zero or a hundred. And Summer's character is not an all-in type on him. She's not really all-in. She's like maybe 50%, 60% in. And this whole idea of a relationship, she screws up certain things. And Joseph yeah, Gordon-Levitt's character is like 100% in. He's either all-in or all-out. Even in the beginning, he's like, oh, screw it. She said, oh, it's a good thing. Or, mm-hmm. oh, it was that, oh her, her, uh, I think it, her weekend was good. He seems like he's on good. Like, oh, forget, I'll walk away from this whole yeah. thing. That meant she was having sex with some other guy. That's where her weekend was so good. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's either, he's an all-in or all-out type of guy. You know, when he gets in, I remember looking at him or the in the movie, he was looking at the mirror and saying, okay, there's a girl on my bed. All right, cool. All right, I, I got to not be serious about it. It's all good. It's just a thing. You know, so, okay, it's fine. And it's like, he can't help but when he gets out, this whole musical montage of him yeah. just, like, and with, I think I laughed really hard audibly when he looked at he looked himself in the mirror. He saw Han Solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked at Han Solo. I, I, I couldn't help but cackle at that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I but, love you. I know. <laughs> you know, but I disagree because I feel like they were both all in characters. They were just all in on different aspects. She was all in on the fun and he was all in on the relationship. And I feel like that's why they ultimately couldn't work. And, and that's what I mean. He's all mm-hmm. in on this whole thing. And she, I believe at some point, we were, yeah, just to bring circle back around to what you were saying about her messing up. Mm-hmm. I do believe that she, inevitably, she knows that how he truly feels. And yet she still persists on trying to stretch this thing out more than it needs. And I feel that that is her mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like she was very forward in the beginning about what she wanted this whole thing to be. And he put himself in a false sense of of uh, wanting for this whole thing. And she's squeezing more of the relationship out. You see that in the later stages of this movie that um, I think you mentioned it earlier. She went out in the rain and to go back to him, you know, to start this whole thing up and to even like before they they around the near the end of the movie. They go to a wedding for a mutual friend mm-hmm. and she dances with them and a bunch of other things, knowing full damn well that she was engaged and she had sex with this guy and this whole different. She thing. wasn't engaged yet. She said that he hadn't asked her yet. So she was full well in another relationship, knowing that Joseph Gordon Levitt was still. OK, my him. fault. Misremembered like this guy. Still foul. Still foul. <laughs> <laughs> so but that's just it. He. He's mistook this whole thing. And I have this other thing that I wrote down, too, is that he misinterprets the entirety of the relationship entirely. Yes. Like, when he goes back in, and he has, like, that one chick he goes on a date with, and he's, like, venting to her about the whole thing. It's like, wait a second. Did she tell you about yes, what I this whole thing was? He goes, well, yeah. She told me that. Then, then she didn't do anything wrong. It's you. You're mm-hmm. <laughs> The problem's you, man. Yeah. You did this. See, and I really like how the movie kind of has that dichotomy because, like you said, they make it very clear that it's on him. But like we were talking about before, because to give that scene a bit more addressing, in so many words, they were out at the bar, um, you know, just as what they were, just sleeping together or whatever. And a guy approached Zoe Dish, you know, he wanted to buy her a drink, he wanted to sleep with her, she wasn't with it. One thing leads to another, and he punches the guy, and the guy punches him back, you know, he gets knocked out. They're walking back to her place. 
and he's saying, oh, I, I got my ass kicked for you. Da, 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 da. She's kicking him out. And in that very moment, she again reiterates, we're just friends. And when he leaves in the huff, she literally follows him in the rain to try to reestablish the relationship. And like you were saying earlier, after they fall apart again, they dance. And to me, the most egregious thing she did is when she invited him to her engagement party without telling him that it was an engagement party. So he, he, he came there, he brought her a gift, and he had to see the ring and the guy that she was with. And it's so messed up because you see the movie, and of course you want to, you want to root for um, Tom because, you're like, oh, how could she do that? She knows how she felt about him. and nah, nah, nah. But at the same time, it's like this thing. She made it very clear that she never wanted these things with him. So I think it does a really good job of also showing just really how much of love and relationships is really just left up to, you know, understanding and interpretation because of the fact that she never wanted to pursue these things, but then she pursued them with someone else, you know? So it's, it's one of those things where it's kind of hard to explain. It's, it's like I was saying earlier, it just really speaks to the human experience because to kind of move towards the end of the movie, he eventually does, he, he gets back in his bag. You know, he's back in the architecture. He's back into, you know, doing the things that he likes to do. And he meets her at the park that they originally had their talk and everything happened. And it's like he said to her, he's like, I don't get it. You know, you never wanted to be anybody's girlfriend, but now you're somebody's wife. And I think really what she said, as simple as it is, it really was the best explanation for everything. And it really kind of wraps up the entire movie. Oh, yeah. It just happened. Yeah. And he was right about his theory about love existing. Mm -hmm. They had that first conversation when they first met about love. It truly does exist. And when you find it, you just know. Mm -hmm. And she knew it was the right person for her. She was wrong. He, she, I think she encapsulated as well yep. here, too, of like, you were right about this thing. You were just wrong about me. Mm -hmm. And that's heartbreaking, man, when you realize that. Yeah, everything you wanted to have is, is you know, it's not with this person that you built in your brain. It's not this reality that you made up. This is not what they wanted. Actually, this person is probably meant for someone else besides you. And you may be right about a certain ideology, but you're just wrong about the person that you're trying to build around. That's the sad part, man. Yeah. And it's kind of, I don't think there's a mistake either that he's like an architect. You know, he's always building things, trying mm -hmm. to put this whole thing in his oh, head. Oh, wow, I never thought about that. And man. he's already doing this stuff. And I think the Stockholm stuff you were talking about is literally her putting him in that situation of like, you know, I'm with my captor. I'm falling in love with this person mm -hmm. who puts me into this zone. And I don't really want to be in the zone anymore. And maybe I shouldn't be in the zone, but I'm putting myself back in. I'm in love with a person who right. I know is not good for me. Right. I'm just, I, I, I'm not... You're not listening. It's, I feel like the whole time when I watch this movie, I'm like, this guy's just not. He's not, not getting it at all. And you make a great point about the architecture because I never thought about that. But now that you mention it, of course, he built her up. But I really think at the crux of the movie, they really just built each other up into what I want to say was the best version of themselves. They didn't exist for each other. Yeah, they're not. These guys are not meant to be together for the end result and i feel like i wanted your opinion yeah on uh the ending the rear ending of this film when he's mm -hmm. going to get to the architecture job um and he goes in for this job interview and he meets this girl and you know and the narrative is like hey maybe he's just gonna realize that this is all what it is and there's no such thing as you know trying to make things with fate and blah, blah, blah. And it's like interrupts. And he looks back. He goes, oh, hey. And he talks to the girl again. He goes, oh, what's your name? Let's go out for drinks right. or whatever. Let's try it out. Her name is Autumn. Mm -hmm. I feel, and maybe you'll disagree or agree with me. I don't think that was to be like a tongue in cheek. Like, oh, he found her. I think it's like he never really learned his That's lesson. That's what I think as well. Because the narrator, even when he's backing up, the narrator goes, oh, well, maybe he hasn't fully learned it yet. So I honestly think. It's like you said, it seems hopeful, but I think that it's ultimately going to culminate in the same thing happening again, because even with that scenario, well, honestly, I, I think maybe a bit hopeful, because when he did ask to go out with her, she said she was going to meet someone, and I feel like the old Tom would have tried to weasel his way in or maybe try to talk and try to get something going, but he actually had a very adult moment where he just went, you know what? Oh, 
okay, well, that's fine. And then she said, oh, well, you know, what the hell? Let's go on the date. So I feel like it, it's honestly up in the air to me. It could all repeat again. But with him taking that step of backing up and letting things play out, maybe things could be different. Such is life. And, and I think that was my favorite part about the movie because even the narrator says it and that's what wraps the whole thing up. He just says that Tom eventually realized all his ideas of destiny and fate, they didn't really exist. Everything is just a chance, a gamble. Nobody's promised to anyone. So I feel like, again, that's what really wraps up the whole meaning to me of being the human experience because for everything that humans Zoe Deschanel went through, all of it, even though they broke up, it's not like it didn't matter, you know? They still took those lessons and experiences and they took them to their future relationships. Yep. So I think that ultimately it just shows that everything is everything is up to chance. There's no guarantee it's going to work out with Autumn. Hell, you might have to fuck around and fuck with Winter. Who knows? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine listing off all the women we were involved with? Like, I messed with Summer, Autumn, Winter, <laughs> Spring. <laughs> <laughs> Solstice. Leap year, like. <laughs> <laughs> Leap year. <laughs> but I feel like a lot of people, I have a hot take. I, it is my belief, and I think these are wise words, at least to me, that you should guard your heart with all diligence and that your heart is deceitful. It is naturally deceitful. Because if mm-hmm. it was correct every time, guys, you wouldn't have heartbreak. You wouldn't need a brain. Yeah, exactly. You mm. wouldn't need a brain. And you're, not everything that you long for is good for you. It's not. I mean, yeah. that's why you see a lot of people try to, they love a, a you know, a, a dangerous person. They love a person that's just not good. They have unhealthy uh, um, loops with these people. You right. have these types of things. And you put yourself in the same loop because, oh, I love them. I just love this person. I, I really feel like sometimes you need, I think this movie also addresses this, to take a step back and go back. Remember everything. This movie, it's not even safe. This movie keeps going forward and backwards in time. And it's yeah. editing is hilarious about how he goes in that elevator at that musical sequence and it comes back in. He's like miserable. You yeah. know, uh, I think that's funny that you see that you have to, I think Chloe Moretz, she's like goaded in this movie. Uh, some of her quotes are like, wow, go back and remember it exactly how it is. Go back and remember every single memory that, with this person and go back and really think about what this was. And I love it. that line because my mom even told me something similar. Like if I can shout out my mom's real quick. Chop she always up. told me whenever I went through any kind of you know breakup, she always said, like Chloe Moret said, you don't want to remember the good times. You want to remember everything because you broke up for a reason. The movie's framed in a way to elevate certain scenes and certain moments, but he goes back and remembers it exactly as it was, and he realizes, like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, I wasn't really looking at what I need to see. You know, it was obvious there for anyone who was looking for it, but you weren't really looking. Yeah. Um, and that, to me, is what makes this movie, you know, a standout as far as not being like a love story or trying to feed into the dumb crap of like, oh, you know, just try, 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 and it works, works every time. Yeah. That's not the truth. That's not really realistic. That's not real. Not everything that you, not every person that you fall in love with is going to work. Not everything that you want is good. It's not. And Sorry. I love about this movie. It's not a love story. It's a real story. Exactly. This is yep. just, mm-hmm. it, I love that about this film. I love that it is this way um, and built off that way. And if I could do one more aside, I I think this all kind of relates here too. And some of you guys are going to groan, but I think this is fascinating to me. I I think everybody knows this guy, even outside of this. But are you familiar with Solomon? Solomon. Solomon? Solomon. Oh, like from the the Bible? Yeah, he's also from the Bible. And he's also known in other mythologies as well as in other, uh, you know, other myths and things about Solomon, like the genies and stuff too. Oh, okay. Same Solomon. Because I was going to say Solomon Grundy, so I'm glad. Oh, no. That. Born on Monday. Born on Monday, yeah. Married <laughs> on Tuesday. I'm getting hosed by Wednesday. <laughs> hey, then this is also in topic, because Solomon had a lot of hoes. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> he had a lot of concubines. Oh, my gosh. But Ooh, here's a thing that is fascinating, and it's about purpose, and it's about, uh, I think, dating it at large, especially for men. I can only speak for as, as a man, because I'm a man. So, sorry for, like, the five women that listen to the podcast. <laughs> we love you, though. We love you. 
But with that being said, uh, Solomon asked God to give him wisdom, give him lots of wisdom. And God said, you know what? I'm going to give you all that wisdom and I'm going to get you rich. You don't have all of it, bro. I'm going to give you the whole thing because you asked for wisdom. So he gets all this wisdom and all this money. Nobody in the world, this is a factual basis. Solomon actually was a real dude. Everything he was given, he was the richest man ever. There's not going to be a man richer than Solomon or, you know, since then or ever will be. Trillionaire. Millions and millions. Oh, so much money. Right. He couldn't even do it. Out of his ears. Hoes. Lots of them. The balloons falling. But that's just it. I think the one thing that God told him was, hey, bro, just don't mess with these strange women, bro. Don't do it. And he meant by strange women, these women that are foreign. And I know this sounds weird to pull it back in. It's not like I'm not wasting anyone's time by mentioning this. But basically, when you, Tom was so focused, at least initially, on doing this architecture. So mm-hmm. focused on getting this thing just right. And then when you have a woman who doesn't flow into the same things as you, or doesn't flow into the purpose that you are or that has been given to you, any man will fall. Solomon messed with all these strange women, and it turns out, at least in, in my basis here, he knew that his God existed and he still went to worship other ones because the women told him, yo, these other ones are kind of dope. And he's oh, like, man, wow. I'm banging all these women. Oh man, I'm thinking I'm gonna go do this too. Isn't it kind of nuts to be the wisest man of history and to be the most like financially sound person to ever exist and still have a woman ruin your day. Isn't that fascinating? To me, that's, that's hilariously fascinating mm-hmm. and, and frustrating. He fascinates me in that way because you can be as wise as you want to be, strong as you want to be, financially sound, all this other stuff, but you can lose focus so quickly trying to attach yourself to something that is not good for you. No, absolutely. And With, that's and, one of those things where... I, I really like that story because that's really just one of the pitfalls of life, you know, really, of course, we're going to speak of, you know, being men, but I mean, man or woman, like you fall in, you fall in with the wrong person. It stands, it really stands to ruin you because you can really make the analogy that had Tom stayed in that relationship and Zoe Dish, you know, just kind of swallowed it. He'd never be in architecture. His dreams would have died with that relationship. So I feel like that's why it's so poignant and so important to really like the movie show own in on yourself, zero in on yourself. If you're going through a breakup, if you're going through a tough time, that's when it's imperative to spend time with yourself. Because I feel like moments like that are what really show you what's important and who you really have. But at the end of the day, the second piece of advice my dad gave me, don't count on anybody to have your back but you. So I really feel like, to your credit with, with, with the Solomon story, is no matter how many things you have going for you, like, like I said, money, riches, wisdom, all of that, if you lack in the department of self-respect and self-love, you'll always lose. No matter how smart you are, how rich you are. You need to have all of it together. You need to have mm-hmm. self-control, yes. self-development. You will lose track. It doesn't matter how wise you are. That's mm-hmm. why I mean, your heart is so deceitful that it will lead you down a path of absolute destruction with the wrong person. And the person can tell you exactly what they're about. I, want, I, I just want to have fun. I want to do all this stuff. And then you'd be like, man... I really want to get this thing done, but this girl's so cute. I'm going to go do this. And it's like, oh, and then you look up and you're somewhere you're not supposed to be, man. You're somewhere outside of the zone. But the one good thing about this movie, and I think you mentioned it too, is that it the pain pushed him in the right direction, pushed yes. him into the direction he was supposed to go. The pain of losing Summer pushed him into where he needed to go. And I feel that because when I went through my breakup, the pain of that breakup pushed me right back into the zone I need to be in, right? And I relate to that so deeply and intrinsically because it's something that I I dealt with, you know? I got pushed into the direction I was supposed to be in the whole time, you know? I think we had a real conversation. You looked at me like, bro, like I, I wonder what happened to all this stuff, man. Like you, you were kind of like dropping off a bit on certain things. And I was like, you know what, dude? Truth is, you're right. I got so lost in this whole thing that I got lost the whole track about what the thing was I was supposed to be doing. You get your girl, she's pretty and you're, she's great. You're having a good time and you just forget, man. It's so easy. And it's so sad, but even the, the it humbles me to know even the wisest man in history and the richest man in history fell to the same problem, that he lost track of the whole thing. And no, 
that could happen to anyone that happened to our main character here in this movie and this film that he lost his way. But it's good that he got back into the zone. Um, but that's it. That's what I mean. Like the thing I wanted to stick on is just that. And uh, no, I agree. Um, and that's what I love what? about our relationship because I feel like that's also another credit to the movie. At the end of the day, his friends were always there for him. Come hell or high water, even when he quit his job, his one friend clapped and all that. So that's what I love about us. Because like you were saying, with you, I noticed that you know you kind of like lost your drive with certain things and it wasn't really going that way. But to my to your credit as well. When I had my uh, previous relationships, the same thing happened with me. And I think that's really another thing that's so important to kind of break the meta of the movie for a second. It's always important to keep people around you who really care about you, you know, because as much as if you go through a breakup or whatever you need to zero in on yourself, you really need your core network of people to You need the people who were around you before you had, before you were in this relationship. Those are people who really know you and really care about you. So on top of getting into your own, you know, getting back into the things that you like to do and being, you know, your own person, you also have to make time for people too. And that's another important thing because usually when people go through breakups, like Joseph Gordon Levitt's character, he just isolated. He would just wake up every morning, you know, just drinking and eating Twinkies. So I think it really just shows Been there, man. <laughs> that Twinkies part. <laughs> Waking up. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> ravioli, ravioli, give me the death I deserve, Ravioli, man. I felt that. Grab me the sweet. <laughs> but no, man. And really, I just want to say I'm proud of you, man. Man, thanks, man. You know, I it's good to have that type of focus back and to have my brain back and to be more comfortable with my skin, you know, and just having that more comfortability because just to relate the whole thing of this podcast together so far is just what my date and everything is that I'm just naturally more picky about who gets in that zone. And I'm willing, and I feel like this movie played in my head, even during my dates of like, wait a minute, did I hear what a person was truly telling me about what they stood for? And, and, and I'm not going to try to change. No one has the power to change a person's mindset besides themselves mm. when they're willing to change. So you could look at someone, I think you need, when dating, I mean, I want to give advice here. I'm not here to give you advice on that. I, if anything, don't do anything that I did. <laughs> the exact opposite of what I did. But if I could give any humble humbleness to give any type of thing based on my experience is that you have to take a person at face value. This movie also teaches you the same thing of take everyone at their face value Take them for what they'd say they are and don't try to change it. Take it and accept it. No matter how cute she is, no matter what she brings to the table, no matter how, whatever, you need to accept it as it is. If you do not, you will. it will be a waste of your time. Yep. There is not much time to waste here, friends. There's not much time at all. It's a rough, it's rough out here. Dating is rough in general. It's a rough thing. I've just now experienced <laughs> some things but i don't waste time i don't try to do this thing but i try to take it exactly as it is but this this movie is a really nice lesson in that of how you can really get trapped in the in mindset of trying to spare something that's not worth sparing no, it absolutely. just needs to be let go and if i can have one aside for myself i think another thing that made this movie such a compelling love story was that Mark Webb was the director oh he yeah was the director of um you know the main spider-man ah, he caught the trivia See, and it's, and it's funny to me because his last name was Webb and those movies are ass. So it's like you really Man. had one job. You would think the dude whose last name is Webb would have made the best Spider-Man movies. Look, look. I, yeah, I think they had, <laughs> they thought they had a money on it. Mr. Webb over here. I mean, it was all in there. It was Webb with two Bs. <laughs> Billions. Marky, what happened? That's like, you know, getting the dude to make like a, I don't know, a Spider-Man or not a Spider-Man, but a Batman movie. And just his name is like, you know, Andrew, a- a- Andrew Bats or something like that. <laughs> With two Andrew Batman, like. <laughs> what you mean? What you mean to tell me Stan Superman made a terrible Superman movie? <laughs> My name is uh, Stan Soups. Um <laughs> here to make that Superman movie. Stan S. Man. <laughs> <laughs> You would think, but I do. I did enjoy Amazing Spider-Man 2's dialogue when it came between Gwen Stacy and uh, and, and um, 
I feel like that type of, but I think that chemistry also was natural when it came to uh, them being dating at the time. Yeah, Andrew Garfield and, um, and Emma Stone was, were totally dating. Yeah, Emma Stone, Stone so freaking. Ooh, oh, I got lucky man that Garfield. Oh yeah, uh, any man would be very lucky to have that one. Um, Do you remember all the things like back when um what was it uh, No Way Home came out and they're like oh man you know Hillman and you know Hillman I'm so I'm gonna get back together and she's like dude I'm fucking married. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That ship has sailed, dog. Like, you know? I think that plays into it too of just ignoring the signs and only seeing what you want to see. Yeah, because people were shipping there for us all like half a year, and she's like, "Dude, I have a whole husband." No, like, dude, it's it's over. Uh, that ship has sailed. I'm sure he's moved on too. Like, you know, it's what it is. You know, uh, you can't be hung up on the miss the the strikes and the you know things you missed, right? Whatever. Yeah. It's just hey, such is life. Move yeah. on. Get Sometimes over you try to catch them and they still hit their head and die. Like, you know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you the really moral story is letting go, people. Like you really do. Um, <laughs> you know, some things are your fault and some things are not your fault. <laughs> Even your little web hand, that was your fault too. Yeah, bro. that was your fault. Uh, <laughs> but Mark Webb, great film. Mm-hmm. Really enjoy this one. I would like to share the dumb thing that I did for a girl when I was in elementary school. I feel like this is a fun little story. Oh, we got to hear it. It was fifth grade camp. Oh, here we go. But fifth grade camp, I had this crush on this girl. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's kind of funny. I, can, I can't even remember what she looks like. Isn't that crazy? You know, it's been such a long time, but it's fifth grade camp. But anyway, they're, we're outside. There's a group of us. And they're, they're riling up this horse, you know, because we're out there looking at all the horses and they're going, oh, these, you know, these, you know, at the time, high schoolers looked like they were adults, man. They you really did. Like, they were like cool looking. You're like, damn, I can't wait Especially to high school. Especially with Harold Beck. Those niggas look really mature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Those super seniors. Dude, those dudes look so cool when I was a fifth grader. It's crazy. But they went up and they got these horses and they were like hitting them on the butt and they were like, get them all riled up and they say, hey guys. Don't move past this fence. We're going to do something real cool, but you got to stay safe. Stay behind the fence. So my dumbass was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to impress this girl while I watch this. I did, I did the exact opposite. I went uh, 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 over the fence, and this horse is going crazy, like rolling around, like, <laughs> just doing whatever. Like, <laughs> stuff. Re. Re. <laughs> oh, Reggie. Like, Move. <laughs> <laughs> no, bro. Like, um, this, uh, this horse is uh, going around, and my dumbass was just there. I'm just sitting around, like, going, waving around, like, you know, trying to look like I'm cool. And this girl's laughing at me, basically. Uh, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm in the bag now. You know, I'm totally in it. And this horse comes in, <laughs> <laughs> and dog, when I tell you this horse hit me like a Mustang, bro. <laughs> that was a good one. Move, nigga. Move out the way, nigga. You know, trying to break horses like you was playing Red Dead Redemption. Bro, when I tell you this horse hit me so hard, I flipped like 15 times in the air. Oh. Bro, I landed right in horse poop, too. Oh, wow. Bro, on my back. And that horse, I could have sworn I saw a life flash before my eyes. This horse was like raised up like a Civil War movement type of thing. <laughs> like, like, all this stuff in the air, bro. I thought I was going to die. But the dude came up, it was an older guy, and he came in and stopped the horse. He's like, bro, are you okay? I'm like, oh, no, man. I'm just like happy to be alive. I just the horse shit out of your mouth. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Did she like it? Oh, no. That's kind of like that. See, but that's what I mean. Yeah, but then I, you look back and she was talking to an old boy who had like seven Baku guns. Bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that he had, Game Boy he had Yu-Gi-Oh like, cards and all that stuff. I was broke, man. I had, he had Legos. I had Matchbox, man. But the nigga had Heelys, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you were kidding somebody had Heelys, you were like, damn, that is where the poverty line starts. Like... <laughs> You knew at a young age how much your parents loved you. Bro, you know the sad part is, though? I, I could hold you up. I had a pair of Heelys, dog. Like, All right, that's <laughs> when my poverty line started. <laughs> Do you know what's crazy for me? I wanted Heelys so bad, and my dad it was just like, no, I'm not getting you that. That's like a white boy shoe. 
And I'm like, don't you want me to be happy? Like, dog, dude, my, you know, it's kind of funny, dog. I, I'm, I hate this. This, this is like a foil right now. I swear to you, this is so <laughs> weird. One of the only gifts my dad ever gave me, oh! the Healy's nigga. He left after that. <laughs> he got you really so he can show you how we zoomed on your life. <laughs> that nigga told me to get on, bro. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and now, one day it'll be you. <laughs> bro, like, I legit. <laughs> oh, I, man. That was the only gift my dad gave me before he zoomed out of my life, bro. <laughs> I swear to you, it was my 10th birthday. I'll never forget that. Oh, it's like that one kid in the Percy Jackson thing that was a child of Hermes, so all he got was some fucking shoes. Like, Doug, <laughs> 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 ah. I remember, like, I used to go to the mall all the time and just glide on those things. It was, like, super fun. And I remember my cousin, she had a pair, too. And it's kind of funny. Uh, my cousin, she was, she's, like, perpetually, like, five foot, like, two... <laughs> Um, I think she stopped growing at the age of eight. <laughs> um, but, you know, I don't know. She's always had like a, you know, nice feature, whatever. She took up she's a, like a baby faces. doll. So she would glide around with her Heelys. And I remember there was a kid that said, it asked him, you know, what do you want for a toy? You know, Billy? And he goes, I want that one. And then my cousin's like gliding around. They thought she was a freaking doll. Oh, wow. I thought she was a lifelike doll just gliding around. I'm like, dude, that's eerie. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I want that one. Give me the fucking Megan 3.0. Like. <laughs> but dude, like, uh, no, that's funny, man. That's messed up. That's, yeah, I, I've, you know, you know, we've we've done some, or at least I'll speak for myself, I've done some simping in my past, bro. Pretty, oh, pretty yeah, heavy. Uh, I, um, But that's the one that almost killed me. No, I, I may have not been standing here today if you know, the horse didn't have mercy on me. It was, See, I feel bad because none of my sipping stories are that funny. It's just, I was just fucking with the wrong chick. I was looking stupid at the end of it. Like, <laughs> I was holding back. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, she loves me. And nigga was getting cheated on. So just like, damn. Like, uh, you know, uh, sometimes you're the hammer, other times you're the nail. Yeah, that, that's that's how it goes. And, you know, I, you know, you, you, you just, you, you take it, you take it a day at a time and you just, put the lessons in and you try your best. And that's the only thing you can really do is just try your best and just don't sip. Just don't do it. A lot of you people, I swear to you, I'm going to have a little rant. I swear. I hate Talk about it. I hate it. These people are so thirsty around the time of Valentine's day. You just get over yourself. Seriously. Like I, I see things on my Instagram page or not even it's on the Instagram page itself, but on the Instagram reels of mm-hmm. like people just saying, you know, Oh, I just, you know, me, I'm a, I'm alone. I think it's an incel page. I think there's a lot of incel oh, God, memes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The I am Ryan Gosling thing. The, mm-hmm. you know, I really like La La Land. I ain't gonna hold just you like up. me for real. Yeah. I really like La La Land, dude. I think La La Land is a great, and maybe one of these days you should review it because I think it's like a really good, I, see, I don't like happy endings. I think that's all going to go back, back to the <laughs> I really just, truth is, I don't think I, any of the media I consume has a happy ending. That, that it's like that's really why Persona angry. 3 is your favorite. It, it, it's, yeah, it's just not, it doesn't end well for people. And I'm okay with it not ending well for you. I, I think that is not, uh, why, who, why should you be guaranteed a good ending? Who, who, who made you the person to get a good ending? Who the hell do you think you are to deserve <laughs> a man, good thing? Dude, to have people believe that they can have love in this life. How dare you instill feelings of hope inside of niggas? Like, who thought? Who who made you think this is gonna end well for you? You know, who who made you in charge? But you know, that's kind of how I think it feels sometimes. But that's just it. You know, that these people they 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 get so stuck on Valentine's Day trying to have somebody. But you know what? Around the corner. There's an A train ready to take your girlfriend right at the game. <laughs> no, 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 exactly that. Dudes will literally sit up like, oh, I hope she contacts me, bro. And she is in a room on Valentine's Day having the time of her life uh, getting split in half like an oyster. Bro, and you have to get over it. Get over to. it. You know what? I think this is like a, you know, if you don't get anything else, listener, stop texting them. Just stop. Give up. You know it in your gut. Just give it up. It goes one of two ways. You either walk out or you're the dude holding the towel. That's it. Don't hold the towel. Women too. Give up. Yeah. Give up. Either you walk out or you're the chick that's cleaning his balls. That's it. Don't it's done. Him. You're wasting your time. 
That's it. Dirty balls don't deserve love, people. They don't. Don't they get they did nothing from you. Right. Reserve yourself. Right. Have some self control. Give yourself a man with some clean nuts. (laughs) 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 But I'm very happy with this one. That was great. Um, But where can the people find us? They can find us, and we're working on it. Um, they the first episode is now on Spotify. You can go ahead and check out that Aquaman review we just did. This episode will be up there as well. We're going to be on iTunes. Uh, we're going to be I, or rather Apple Podcasts, rather. And we're also going to be on Google Play Music. It's getting set up as we speak. And we're going to have a full array there for you. And that's like three separate options. Um, so you'll be able to listen to us on whatever place you would like to listen to us on. Those are like the major ones. We're like everywhere, really. Yep. Zoomcats putting our feelers out there. The more platforms we find, the more we'll get on. But hey, that's where we are. That's where you can find us. And we love you. And thanks for listening to our podcast. Thank you so much. And again, I don't think we ever have outros for this thing at no, all. Um, the outro can always be different, you know? And I want to say for this one, the main crux of this one is, you know, take time for yourself. Hear the things people say. Don't be a simp. Stop simping. Stop simping. Unless it's Rhea Ripley. Then do simp all the way. Do it. See, the fucked up part is I don't want to follow you, but God, is that a thick woman? Oh, man. But I'm a believer in Jesus, so I got you.